God, sometimes when I feel like when, when we start the podcast, I kind of feel like because I have to like type in and like get the recording started. I'm like, this is me like putting the key in the ignition of the like giant Gundam mech that I'm like starting up and we're about to like go and fight Godzilla. And that's like we're Power Rangers. And this is what gets the Megazord to start is me typing in this little command. And then like, I don't know, it feels feels a lot more extra than it really is. No, no, it, it's almost wild that, that they've allowed you to have this power all on your own. Uh, far less destructive means of annihilation require two keys and a button press. Yeah, yeah. Really, I'm putting in the extra effort. Put in the effort, you know? Anyways, hello, welcome. Season two of See For Yourself, your your favorite podcast, the only podcast that wasn't born, but rather created by magic, because birthing a podcast is messy and gross and difficult to explain to children. I am your host, a loaf of bread that you can't tell if it was mushed up a bit in transit to the supermarket or if there is a cereal bread fucker on the loose. And I am joined here today by... Ooh, I am in the midst of an apocalypse. I'm that last solitary loaf of bread on the shelf, and you're not really sure why, amidst starvation, they left. What's wrong with that one loaf of bread, you think to yourself? Just two loaves of bread, you know, sharing a, a magical evening together. Hello, Mr. Loaf of Bread. <laughs> and hello, hello, you squishy son of a bitch, you. <laughs> I was deformed by a mysterious difficulty in my past that I'm not comfortable talking about. Who knows what's wrong with me? Nobody's willing to try. Today's episode is covering, of course, you know, we, we have to do it. You know, it's a, about that time of year. We're fucking huge assholes because Th- this, this is ep- going to come out fucking somewhere around Valentine's Day. Yeah, this episode's going to come out January, February, sometime in there. Honestly, we didn't talk about this in the season two wrap up, but there's a good chance that we'll take like a good month off just to enjoy the holidays and kind of catch up on trying to record a few episodes and have a couple in the in the barrel so that we're not where we are now, where we're just going week to week effectively. But today's episode is covering the holiday film Four Christmases. Mr. Loaf of Bread, uh, are you familiar with the movie Four Christmases? It sounds familiar, but no, I I don't recall watching this one. Like, I feel like I might have heard about it on a fucking, like, ABC 24 Days of Christmas special, but I definitely did not watch this. It is a 2008 PG-13 romantic comedy, and the blurb reads as follows. When their plans for an exotic vacation fall apart, A couple must spend Christmas trudging around to a quartet of family get-togethers. And that's that's about the blurb. Kick us off with your patented, they use the word trudging, and that means... Well, obviously, it's going to be a huge pain in the ass. They have to go to four different get-togethers. Does that inherently mean that, like, the family is, like, each person in this couple's, like, family is split? I don't know along what lines they're split. I know in my personal experience, like, my family's spread out everywhere, so it's like, well, of Christmas, my grandma mother and and fucking my grandfather the ex-husband can't can't stand to be around her and so like he's got to have his own get together and stuff like that so that makes sense right like there's going to be some broken relationships here well you know we're, we're going to go over to aunt mary's but you know she's been fighting with uncle jim and so he can't be there at his at her get together but he's still part of the family and we love him and we'd do anything to include him except for patch things up and have one get together so we got to go to uncle jim's next my question here is before you create 19 more connections where one cousin can't see one uncle can't see one aunt um, what are the reasons for them to split up why does this uncle can't be here so we have to have a different party at this time like what are what are some of the excuses there's gonna be some that make a lot of sense right is this like a, a, a through and through christmas movie it's gonna have a big sappy ending i fucking it's a romantic comedy it's pg-13 it's oh it is named, a ro- okay 100 yes, percent. all right i already know how this is going <laughs> so it's gonna be something wild where the the ex-wife is like, yeah, I can't stand your father because he lied to me about a woman that he was cheating on me with. And he's gonna be like, I I can't see your mother because I caught her snooping through my phone and losing her shit. It's gonna end up being something benign, like the woman he was supposedly cheating on her with was a fucking travel agent and he was planning their honeymoon to Hawaii. And they're gonna figure this out at the end and patch things up. But because it's a romantic comedy, there's gonna be some fucking bullshit in there where it's like that makes sense mom dad why why you guys didn't want to see each other but what about what about cousin jim it's like oh he just drinks a lot so we don't invite him to anything so so far on the docket we have here cheating being untrusting of a partner and drinking are the three that i caught there did i miss anything no no that pretty much wraps it up okay i am genuinely hopeful that because it's a couple that's doing this right i'm hoping that whatever problem 
problems the families have with each other are reflecting on the issues that the couple is having. Maybe the first like 10 minutes of the movie is us getting to know this couple and it seems like they have like some communication issues or something like that. Maybe he's drinking too much or maybe she's snooping through his phone or something like that. And then they have to go through all these family interactions that are really tumultuous and you know annoying. It allows them to kind of reflect on, oh wow, we've been doing this to each other and we're kind of like leading down this road and this is like a helpful way for us to think about indecencies we're visiting on each other, you know? Do you think it's going to be reflected in, because it didn't even occur to me as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that makes a lot more sense because this is a couple. So they're, they're going to have to be dealing with each other's families, which, which have also chosen not to get to get together. So would it be more fun if, you know, the husband's drinking was reflected in the wife's families and, and vice versa? Or it probably makes more sense for it to be like, God, I, I hate your drinking. And, and then they go over to his family's house and it's like, yeah, I can see why you've developed this disability. I think that it works both ways and they're both probably equally interesting. Like it would be nice for, you know, secretly she's been snooping through his phone and getting like scared that he's going to find out that she's doing this to him. And then when they go to meet her like mom, well, her mom also does this and fronts her mom and says, mom, you can't snoop, snoop through people's phones. It's an invasion of privacy it's inappropriate and then realizes oh god i was doing this to him or vice versa where he confronts the mom and is like hey you can't be doing that to your fiance or your husband or whoever that you did the wrong thing that's really messed up and then she has to come to him and say i've been doing that to you and i realize now why that was so wrong and he's like big enough of a person to say i forgive you like it's it's okay like thank you for telling me and being honest i don't know i kind of doubt the like i'm gonna be honest with you and tell you that i've been doing the bad thing and then him being big enough to forgive her there's probably going to be that like, I can't believe you would do that. We're going to have our third act split up thing and we'll come together in the final act and just not really have a good resolution for me forgiving you for doing a thing that I find abhorrent. We'll just kind of gloss over it. Right. Or maybe the realization that like the families are doing the same thing, but still manage. I don't know. You know, that realization gets them back together in the third act or something like that. Uh, I feel like this is, this is rife with us not making wild and fantastic predictions. I feel like this sounds like the most formulaic bullshit movie ever and we're not doing the wild thing here oh well uh buckle up buttercup because we're gonna get there um (laughs) the name of the movie is four christmases and we're kind of already sort of assuming a lot of things about what four christmases might look like are there any ways that they could depict four different christmases in this movie or are they just gonna do the thing where it's like christmas a b c and d are all exactly the same immediately i can think of like a very rich portion of the family having some over-the-top christmas versus another portion of the family having like the little fiber optic tree that sits on the coffee table while everybody like just enjoys each other's company. Yeah, so I I learned recently, maybe a year or so ago, that it is like a common tradition for families to go to the movie theater on Christmas or after after Christmas. Yeah, uh, it's apparently one of the bigger days of business for the year for movie theaters. A lot of families like to get together and go to like a post-Christmas or pre-Christmas movie. So that's like a weird tradition to me because we didn't have that. In my house, it was very common for them to try to like extend the Christmas process by having little things that would like make giving gifts take a lot longer. Like we'd have like scavenger hunts or we would have like, you'd have to play like a, like a game in order to like get to open a a present. Whoever won the game got to open a present and the game would take really long. And you know, that way it didn't seem like we had so few presents. It seemed like, wow, it took me all day to get all my presents. But then, you know, when you'd look back and be critical of it, now that you're like an adult, you can be like, oh, but I only got like three things that year. It just took so long because we were playing full games of Settlers of Catan in between opening gifts. Yeah, no shit. That sounds lovely, though. Like, I, I gotta say, like, that that just sounds like some of the most heartwarming Christmas shit ever. And I know we've talked in the past about how much of a fucking Grinch I am because I hate Christmas and, like, had some of the worst Christmases growing up. I wish. I fucking wish that was what I got, man. Because, like, we, we got all our gifts up front and then it was like, now, uh, now we're gonna go back to be angry that we spent all this money on Christmas. I fucking hate having kids and then like I had to absorb that. So I wish we were playing Settlers of Catan. <laughs> Mr. Breadloaf. I, I am being hyperbolic here. We weren't doing Settlers of Catan or Monopoly or, you know. No, um, no, I, I know, but like a little scavenger hunt between games or like, hey, let's do some Christmas trivia or even just fucking, I don't know, anything to make an event out of Christmas because I feel like that's the problem. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to be that, that old fucking codgerly asshole that's like, 
Christmas used to mean something because Christmas never meant anything. But but it it would be like l- looking back. I th- my favorite parts of Christmas were like uh, my family couldn't fucking cook turkeys or shit like that, so we'd have like whatever we wanted for Christmas, and it was like a nice little event, and we'd sit down and have like our nice cheap fucking Christmas dinner, and like that was nice. So so it's always weird to you know hear hear people who were super well off, and it's like yeah, it was it kind of sucked that like me and all my siblings all got a fucking PS3 and like we had to share it so that wasn't even really a gift for me but all right man I guess I just wonder if there'll be anything like that. And I'm hoping there'll be like a scene where like maybe the, the actors in this movie are, are Vince Vaughn and, and Reese Witherspoon. Those are our, our leading characters. For oh, the fantastic. But maybe Reese Witherspoon's character will be like, oh, my family's rich or whatever. So why are you guys breaking out board games on Christmas? That's weird. And they're like, yeah, well, we only have like a total of 10 gifts under the tree. So we got to make them last. And we do that by playing Monopoly and then playing a few rounds of poker or something, you know, whatever the kids are in into playing for board games this year. That's how we make it last a little bit longer. And she's just like sticking her nose up at it. But like maybe by the end, she kind of learns like, oh, Christmas is about spending time with your family. And like you guys play these board games to extend the amount of time you play with your family that day. So it's nice that you do that. Yay. Maybe that'll be that be like Reese Witherspoon's like character arc in the, in the movie. I'm not sure. While we're on the topic of actors who are playing in this movie, there is an actor in this movie who you have sort of developed a, a, a loving relationship for over the course of season one of the podcast. It's but Vincent was... Price. No, no, not. No, no it's, not. it's not Vincent not Price. Vincent Price. <laughs> uh, um, do, you, do, you, do you have another guess? I feel like you'll be able to guess it in like the first two or three guesses. So I'll, I'll give you a the love of. I feel like when I say the name, you'll be like, oh, I have such fond memories. Go ahead and give me your second guess. Let's hear it. Buddy, buddy I'm pulling up a blank because I kind, I kind of, I set my expectations too high for Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who could be better than Vincent Price? And I know that's not the question you asked, but in my head. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's a, an actor who has not been in an episode we've aired of the podcast. We did not air this episode. Oh, it's not Nicolas Cage, is it? Okay, it's not Nicolas Cage. It, so if it's not Nicolas Cage, it can't be Cher. It certainly cannot be Cher. Are those are your three guesses. Let's just call it a day there. Yeah, let's, let's call it that. Uh, it's John Favreau. John Favreau's in this movie. John Favreau. Ah, John Favreau. I remember when I told you he was in The Replacements, and you were like, oh, who, who is that? And I'm like, oh, he's he does all the Star Wars stuff, and he does all the Marvel stuff. He's like a huge director and, and writer, and he, he did some acting back in the day. And then we saw him in the movie, and we were like, damn, John Favreau was jacked. He was. <laughs> fucking he was yoked in this movie <laughs> grief. I'm hoping to see him kind of like sort of gracefully transition from being jacked to being like his his more current body type. Uh, Family everyman. Well, you know, a guy whose job is to sit in the chair and tell people to do the thing. And I'm, I'm being reductive, but like at a certain point you have to focus more on like making sure people are acting and, and giving you the shots that you need more so than you focus on hitting the gym every day. You know, how many directors right. can you name that are just in great shape? I mean, most actors, right? Yeah, but most actors aren't directors. Oh, how many directors can I think of that are in great shape? That was the question. Yes. I I didn't I didn't listen to you is what it was. I was gonna say I didn't I, hear you but I, I just don't listen I know um, remember earlier in the episode where you were like it's a romantic comedy I'm like that's one of the first things I said but yeah oh okay okay <laughs> I'm just God this is kind of on brand for me isn't it um, oh yeah 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 you're <laughs> really coming into season two strong <laughs> fuck. No, no, I on, honestly, you should have known the answer to that question because I frequently am like, who directed this? Oh, that's neat. Did they direct other movies? And you're like, yes, he's a prolific director. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I, the, the only director I can think of that's like in really good shape, like spent a lot of time as an actor. So I think a lot of his being in good shape comes from being a, an actor. And that's um, ben, ben Stiller. Yes. Yeah. Ben Stiller directs a lot of movies and he is also in pretty great shape, but it's I think it's just because he knows that he wants to act as well. So he like puts him himself both in the directing and acting chair sometimes and he stays in good shape to be able to be on screen which is kind of shitty right like I'm, I'm glad John Favreau still acts in like the Iron Man movies and things and he doesn't get in incredible shape in order to play happy from the Iron Man like franchise but like in in your wildest dreams and your wildest speculations a movie titled Four Christmases the the blurb was really good on this movie it, it kind of tells us almost exactly what happens you know we talk in previous episodes about how like the blurb wasn't very good it didn't give us a lot of direction to go off 
off of. But this one kind of gave us so much direction that all of our predictions for it so far have been pretty down to earth. Let's say that we're we're completely correct and two of the Christmases are exactly as described. What are the third and fourth Christmas? Yeah, hit me with that. One of them isn't even Christmas, it's Kwanzaa. I would I would genuinely like to see that. I think that'd that, be It'd be cool. nice, right? Like, it would be nice. I'm hoping that if they do do it, it's very respectful to actual Kwanzaa traditions. But, I mean, just the fact that they added it all and, like, they're like, no, this is just my Christmas, which I guess that's that's also probably not great. That's reductive to what Kwanzaa is. Or, like, you know, if they did, like, a Hanukkah, which I guess is, like, close enough to, to white culture where people are like, ah, oh, it's basically Christmas. But that that's going to be one wild Christmas. As, as a matter of fact, I think it would be more wild if it was Kwanzaa. I, I was and, about to say, I think that your prediction is close to what's probably going to happen, but it's not going to be Kwanzaa, it's going to be Hanukkah. If they're going to do, like, it's not Christmas, but we're going to call it a Christmas, it's going to be Hanukkah. Yeah. How close was this release to, like, Eight Crazy Nights would basically give you a, a direction as to whether or not it's going to be part of a Christmas movie? It is six years after Eight Crazy Nights. So Eight Crazy Nights is 2002. This movie came out in 2008. Oh, that's that's kind of a stretch, but, like, not the biggest stretch. I definitely think it's going to show up. It'd be really cool if it was Kwanzaa, though. When I first heard the title for this film, because I heard the title before I saw any of the stuff for it, I thought maybe it was the story of, like, Christmases that were going from one generation to another generation to another generation. Oh, to that the, is cool. Maybe, like, we start in a place of, like, 1960s or 1940s or something, and then by the end of it, we're at, like, 2050 Christmas. And, like, I don't know, what is it? I think Click is kind of a Christmas movie, or ends up being sort of a Christmas movie, and it sort of does the same thing, where you sort of follow Adam Sandler's character through many different years of family outings, and some of them happen to be sort of Christmassy. I guess maybe that's, like, the closest thing we've gotten to something like that, but it would be really nice to get to see. It would be really cool to get to see family drama that, like, in the first Christmas is seems so, sort of benign, but then by the last Christmas, you realize how, like, that family drama in the first Christmas has affected an, an entire family line for many generations. And that's, like, the speculation I would have made if we didn't have such a lovely blurb for this movie. And obviously, we're not going to get that, it, it doesn't seem. Do you think there'll be any part of this movie that does any, like, time shenanigans? It seems like a lot of Christmas movies like to do, like, time shenanigans or death shenanigans? Well, that'd be really... I was just thinking about that as soon as you were like, you know, maybe this is Christmas through the generations. It's like, my next guess was going to be, like, the fourth Christmas is, is, like, not even a Christmas where they're like, bah humbug, we don't even like Christmas, but it's probably more palatable to be like, and, and this is the Christmas that would happen if blankety... But God, I can't even come up with something that's, like, halfway decent, but that would be nice. I, I like your idea for the movie better than this wacky shit that I'm coming up with, where it's like, by the time we hit the fourth Christmas like by the time we hit the third Christmas you know they've learned a bunch of lessons like they finish the third Christmas and they're like this is crap and then the fourth Christmas is the actual heartwarming ending that we're looking for yeah what if like uh, after we've gone through three Christmases they get to the fourth one and like all of the characters that have been like that have joined the group or like are, are coming to this final Christmas with them are like super woke as fuck and they like just rapid fire like annihilate all of the issues of the fourth family but they're like no dad you can't treat my stepmom this way and we learned that we they use all the lessons they learned from the previous Christmases to just like speed run fixing this part of the family. It's Groundhog Day. This is what you're telling me. Yeah, effectively. Like they just they just learned all the lessons they needed to learn. So when they get to that last one, they're like, oh, we're in a crazy predicament. Your dad is being a real asshole to uh, our stepmom. And it's because she's going through his phone and he's drinking a whole lot. And they're like, <laughs> they like looked Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon look at each other. And they're like, oh, we got this. You go handle the mom and I'll handle the dad. And and maybe, and I'm not saying they have to, but maybe when they do that, they take their little keys and they put it in the ignition for their Mechazord and they go over there and they do it in a cool Mechazord fight battle kind of way. I don't know, maybe. maybe. But wouldn't that be nice? The fourth Christmas is just the Power Rangers versus Krampus. And I, I think we can all get behind Power Rangers versus Krampus. That's I think that's what Four Christmases is trying to tell us. The Why Power aren't we Rangers... watching Santo versus Krampus right now? Yeah, Santo and the Power Rangers fight evil goat monster man. And that's just the poor translation of it, but they mean Krampus. Right. <laughs> That'd be fun. I think that's probably about as, as wacky and wild as we're going to get for this one. Is there anything you want to say really quick before we go ahead and head out into the movie? I think it's wild to me that we've reached a point in this thing that we're doing here that I'm looking at what I would probably enjoy as a kid. You know, like I did watch the 24 days of ABC Christmas or whatever, and I like enjoyed that shit. And I'd look forward to like the next day's movie and stuff like that. And now we're getting ready to watch Four Christmases. And I'm like, what sort of 
idiot do you take me for? And I'm like, I'm, I'm so prepared for it to be bad instead of this heartwarming thing. You, like, you've jaded me towards movies. I hope that that's not what this uh, experience does for you or anyone else. I know that sometimes when you've ingested enough movies, you're kind of like, I know exactly what can happen. And I, you know, it can only be this and it has to be that. And like, I'm looking forward to us watching this movie and being like, oh, it was not as nuanced as the ideas we had. It's another case of see for yourself did it better. Why are we such good movie writers and these people are just making garbage or <laughs> alternatively it really could be something special and interesting and you know i mean it's got john favreau in it it can't be that bad yeah you know i'm i'm probably too cocky at this point and every time i get cocky about these things the the movie does something wild so like i don't know why i'm putting this on the movie it's like ah oh, you're just gonna be another shitty fucking chris kringle special and it's like i i'm constantly surprised so maybe maybe this will just continue the trend we didn't even talk about like what kind of vacation they could be going on we didn't talk about whether or not this movie's going to take place on Christmas or if it'll be like a few days before and they're just well on the 23rd we go to this person's house and on the 24th we go to this person's house the 25th we go to this person's house and on the 26th we go to that person's house and that's how it's for Christmases and we can't possibly do it all on Christmas day or is it going to be like time crunch we've got to spend two hours here and two hours there and two hours there and two hours there what if it's just a bunch of failed Christmases like the the two main characters Vince Vaughn and and Reese without her spoon are going to they're going to be headed to Hawaii and it's going to be like we're just going to spend Christmas in Hawaii because fuck our families. The plane's gonna crash in Wisconsin. Wouldn't you know it? Wisconsin is exactly where Reese Witherspoon, her family is from. They're on their way there and and the car crash. This is just a bunch of tragedies back to back to back. (laughs) It's just just Final Destination, but it's a Christmas movie. (laughs) That's not a bad... Write that down. Write that down. It feels like there's never a portion of Christmas movies that has like a physical action aspect of it, except for, you know, if you count like Die Hards or the Lethal Weapon movies as Christmas movies. It would be cool if that was like part of it, like with the four different families, like one of them has like a kid who works at like the TSA or something. And he's like, oh, hey, if you see Vince Vaughn or Reese Witherspoon trying to get through customs, you got to stop them physically and have a physical altercation with them. And then like that'll get them arrested and they'll have to like spend Christmas here and like actually hang out with us. And then you can drop the charges once Christmas is over. Maybe Vince Vaughn's like, I can't believe they they screwed us into having to have Christmas here instead of hanging out in Hawaii. I'm going to get jacked over the course of Christmas and go beat the shit out of my cousin. As soon as you said like an action aspect, I'm like, what if the four families are just the four crime families of New York and they got to have Christmas together because of some other wacky shenanigans? Oh, God, these are all brilliant ideas. I would just love the like... (laughs) the vendetta that like Reese Witherspoon's like yeah I guess we gotta spend time with our family I'll try to be a good daughter and you know blah, blah, blah. and Vince Vaughn the whole time is like no I'm not dealing with the rom-com aspect of this movie I am strictly in a Rocky Balboa film right now I'm I'm getting Christmas j- was never an option <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get huge and I'm going to beat the fuck out of that kid. Every time like Reese is like, wow, I guess you're right. I should be more trusting of my partner. Right, Vince? And Vince is just like, shut the fuck up. Dumbbells. Fucking chest press. (laughs) 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 He like doesn't have a character at all. His whole character is vengeance. This this is where the fucking Megazords come in. It's going to be Vince Vaughn in in one fucking Megazord suit. And then Jon Favreau in another Megazord suit. And Reese Witherspoon is going to come in like after they've basically destroyed the city in her own Megazord suit. It's it's just Neon Genesis Evangelion. Or alternatively, and hear me out, maybe when he's fighting the cousin or whatever who like got him arrested at the TSA or what have you, they're like evenly matched. And the cousin's like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm going to get in my Megazord. And Vince Vaughn is like, ha, you think that's enough to defeat me? And he like goes full, you know, one punch man Saitama on him and fights a Megazord as just Vince Vaughn. Like, oh, that's lovely. I, I did my hundred pushups, hundred setups, hundred squats, and you know, a five kilometer run every day. I can fight a Megazord. In season two, we're not even going to be watching movies anywhere. We're just producing movies, right? <laughs> It's gotta be it. But hey, let's call it a day there. That's uh, that's about as good as it's gonna get. Four goodbyes into the, the interlude, I suppose. Uh, yes. The fucking best of luck, Squishy Breadman. Best of luck, also Breadman. <laughs> uh, so, we're back from the movie... 
Why does it seem like that Vince Vaughn consistently plays these characters that are like lovable con men? No, no, I, I know exactly what you're getting at. The movie starts out and he's like, yeah, we lie to our families about how we're going and like helping children learn how to do sex ed in Korea or whatever. And now we can't go and do that. And my con has fallen through and let me try to come up with a lie. Oh, what are you lying to them about? I got to lie about the same stuff. Oh my God. And it's just like, Vince Vaughn, this is not the first time you've played this kind of character. Even in Dodgeball, one of the most like beloved characters that Vince Vaughn's ever played. By the end of the movie, he makes a bet and that's how he's able to make the money in order to buy his way out of his shitty situation. I don't know. It's just like a weird like recurring thing for Vince Vaughn and I don't know why in Wedding Crashers he does this where he's like this, oh, I just want to go and get laid. And then it turns out that like the other girl also wants to get laid and he's like, what? Women can enjoy sex too? Well, I guess that changes everything. I'll settle down like a good boy. Okay, but before you were trying to scam women into sleeping with you, and now it's like, I don't know. Is this, like, does... a, is this like a portion of male fantasy that I just never had growing up where it's like, nobody wants to settle down. Everybody wants some fucking wacky, crazy stories that they can then tell later. And Certainly the Hollywood paradigm seems to push for that. It's at the same time they're pushing for men just want to go out and have a rowdy time until the love of a good woman comes along and it fixes them into like a stable monogamous nuclear family and that's good and fine and, and lovely and all but uh it's just weird that that's like a journey that like men have to go on instead of what it seems like for most people they're just always that way they're like yeah I'd, I'd like one girl who treats me pretty well and uh that'll be that'll be good for me and that's how most people are because they don't really think about other options and that's perfectly fine but like i don't think most people go on like a crazy romp and like until i was almost 40 i was living that la vida low lifestyle and now the love of a good woman came along and turned me into a, a nice newspaper reading family man that just stays at home every night and eats my my wife's pot roast and raises our kids skipping sport you know it's uh so it's wild that you say that because i was thinking about what a fucking like solid relationship they had going honestly the movie gave me some amazing ideas of what like me and my girlfriend should do if, if we're ever bored like that whole the whole opening bit i <laughs> loved it that's brilliant you know going to the bar and pretending to be someone else and then meeting your wife there and being like hello, uh, hello miss can i can i buy you a drink and i thought that was great do you think everybody in that scene stopped talking and like actually looked at them when they made the scene or is that was just so we could focus it on them i think it's so we can focus it on them that, that seems to happen a lot in movies but i i do i am curious if they've had to sort of like reset this scene a couple of times or reset this like situation a couple of times because somebody comes over and is like hey man you don't call women a bitch you don't do that. You think they shot this like in a? In an no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, like, do these characters experience that? I'm not saying that they shot this like on location without telling people this is a movie scene. I'm not saying right. that. I'm saying like it seems like there's a very good chance that that would happen realistically. I know that in the movie it didn't happen, but like, if the if in real life, you know, the chicks walking away, it's like, hey, bitch, I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, some... I'll tell you what. I'm gonna try this, and I'll let you know how it works out. Please do. Yeah, give me the four one one on this because I don't. I do not imagine like there's not like a flock of women that don't just come out of nowhere and go come on sweetheart let's get you to the bathroom and then the other flock of women come over and they're like you don't say that you don't call women a bitch in here you don't do that and it's like no no that's uh, i'm sorry that's my girlfriend we live together uh, we're going home together after this and they're like we don't believe you and she's like no it really is and they're like oh well y'all are crazy come on man like what the hell <laughs> how how does nobody intervene in that situation right uh, is my question because you know i i don't think i've ever been in a bar situation where if somebody just yelled hey bitch that at least the bartender wouldn't say hey, hey man come on stop don't make me call security yeah no uh, shit it would definitely seem to me like if i were the bartender there i'd be like god i, I gave that guy one drink how is he this fucking off his rocker and and I, and I guess you know in a lot of these bar situations a lot of people come to the bar already pretty fucked up when you're a bartender i guess you have to like keep your eye out for that kind of shit because suddenly they're like oh hey man can i get like a beer and you're like yeah okay man you're a fresh face is your first one for the night i'm gonna kind of keep tabs on you give him his beer and he falls the fuck over and starts vomiting and you're like oh god what just happened i don't know i, I imagine a seasoned bartender would see vince vaughn calling reese witherspoon a bitch and uh they would be like whoa, 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 whoa. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I guess so. Fucking, that's the reasonable response, right? To, like, to de-escalate the situation instead of like, well, he, he called her a bitch and now they're fucking in the bathroom. I guess everybody everybody wins. It's like, no, that's that's not something that should happen. It was a, uh, a co-ed bathroom, too. And that was kind of like, again, another visual storytelling moment where the, the bathroom sign lines up with, I don't know if you were paying attention to that, but I was like, it's kind of like a visual indicator that they were in there doing that. And that's neat. Yeah. But they also gave like the actual shot of them, like all over each other in the bathroom or whatever i don't know well yeah i mean they, they they wanted that wild shot because realistically you can just have them walking out of any room together and like imply it uh so i guess they they want to get their money's worth out of it what did you uh, what did you think of the different families in the movie there were you know the, the four different uh households i so as we as i was watching the movie i'm i'm looking back on our predictions and being like we were so close to literally just rewriting the script in our predictions i had mentioned something about how there's going to be like two pretty typical divorced couples and then there's gonna be one house that's just fucking wild that third one where he's like i hope you'll just let me be your friend and it's like you were my friend you were my best friend <laughs> that one was wild for me that was a lot of fun not not to leapfrog i know i need to get better at leapfrogging but you um oh, is that what we're gonna call it leapfrogging i like that i like that that's, that's yeah. a good clear imagery for that i like it you, you mentioned that vince vaughn kind of plays the same character all the time can we talk about how john favreau is just the same dude from the replacements yes in, in the movie <laughs> replacements he plays a angry like aggressive physically uh, altercative police officer or maybe he's an ex-police officer i can't he's tell. like yeah swat team type dude admittedly man we talked about this a little bit john favreau still jacked his shit in this movie oh god yeah you know good for him way, way to go john favreau i really liked his character especially for the bit where he's playing like categories or whatever it's called uh, taboo, yeah, they're, 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 yeah taboo. they're playing taboo and like him and his wife are fucking nailing it and then he's like oh that whole thing's like yeah bring it in baby and like they kiss and he like gives her a little slap and she's like oh gosh that whole thing is just like what a fucking healthy relationship they've got going on it's very on brand you know like there was not a point where it's like vince vaughn's like well you know at least i'm not a caveman like like john favreau and then john favreau turns and is like actually uh me and my wife just happened to believe that the normative relationship between a man and a woman can exist and not be sexist oh i didn't realize that you've like actually put thought and time into this and you're critically aware of like the different like subtle nuances it can have and he's like yes of course I'm, a, I'm an adult man in modern times. Excuse you, Vince Vaughn, for making your assumptions about me just because I like eating chicken wings and slapping my wife's ass. <laughs> that, there was at no point, there was no point where that came up, and I, I appreciate that. Like, let's just let these people be who they are and and, and, and love it, and we don't have to have, like, a big explanation making right, that, it. that wasn't the point we ever had to make. It's like, no, I've got a loving relationship with my wife, clearly, because we just keep having kids, and, like, look at us. We know, they're like, yes, yeah, seven fucking nailed it and it like i love that reese uh fucking reese witherspoon's character like tries to match that it's like <laughs> we know it about each other in relationships too and like completely fails at it and it's like nah that that was a perfect fucking side by side it's frustrating to me that this movie did the thing we predicted it that they would have like the beginning of act three like fallout where they go their separate ways and everything which is bizarre to me this movie felt like it did not have to do that at all and like i, I feel like we came up with a good solution for just like they're already having problems Problems at the beginning of the movie and seeing their families be fucked up like helps them to resolve their issues by helping their family to resolve their issues or being unable to help their family resolve their issues and instead we got like one of our families just physically abuses me up uh, yep one of our families is like emotionally abusive and then i guess the third one's like psychologically abusive and then the last one's just like a healthy happy household like vince one left at the like the one that was totally normal right no you mentioned uh in the preamble that the issues in the families would be like a mirror of what they've got and so i love that we got that out of the way like as fast as possible in the first christmas because it's um can't spell families without some lies first one it's like oh i got that from my dad and his fucking horrible relationship with my mother yes i see i did like I, we're leapfrogging again but like i liked how at the end of the movie when vince vaughn goes back to his dad and explains like the difficulty he's having with reese witherspoon's character 
his dad is like, wow, I'm proud of you for, you know, not getting caught up in marriage and a family and kids and everything. I wish I had done that. You're so smart. You're, you're really my best boy. Anyways, you want to come inside for a drink? And Vince Vaughn actually does go inside with him because like, it's Christmas, man. He's an old timer. He's by himself. It's fucking cold outside. He's sitting on this porch, you know, having a beer or whatever. And he invites you inside to have like a nice family moment with him. Go inside and have the moment and then go and like chase Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, they didn't have some giant combative scene there where he's like, yeah, that that's my boy. Fucking women suck and marriage sucks. And look how happy I've turned out. And he's like, dad, you're an idiot. I'm going to go get married. Like they didn't do that. Like that's still his dad. And like, you know, fucking love him for who he is. Yeah, I really appreciated that. I thought that was very well done. But it is bizarre to me that like, because I get the joke, right? You know, when you were a kid, your brothers would, you know, wrestle with you. And now they're like a lot more physically dominating than they used to be even, or maybe just as physically dominating as they used to be. I don't know Vince Vaughn's life like that in this movie. Uh, Brad's life like that in this movie. Orlando's life like that in this movie. Orlando. I don't know why he would change his name. Orlando's a cool name and you can go by Lando and that'd be fun. I don't know. Right? Lando Lando sounds like a fucking badass unique name. It's like, uh, God, somebody somebody sent me this thing a while back where it's like, man, it's hard to be a James because, uh, you know, do you stick with James or do you do like, uh, you know, the professional gym or do you get crazy with it and tell people to call you Jimbo? Like Orlando is great for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have like Lan- Lando just sounds like a fucking, you know, like a bro name. I mean, it's a fun reference to a cool Star Wars character, Lando Calrissian. You know, everybody likes yeah. Lando. You know, uh, maybe his I- name was just Orlando Calrissian. I have no problems here. I'm on board. <laughs> The scene where he uh, has the satellite dish and like pulls the wire out and everything, the physics on that didn't make a ton of sense to me because the cable is strong enough to stop him from flying off of the roof. But when he's getting up, he's still pulling on the cable and the dish as he's standing up from like a prone position. Why wouldn't he just let go of the dish or like place it down gently and then slowly get himself up and then pick it back up and assess the damage he's done? It's weird to me that like I get how the structure of the, the physical comedy here is that it has to go one step further and then he falls completely off and all that. I do think that uh, the structure for the first house is the best where the escalation and like the, the plot setup and everything like makes sense and is good and well done. And did, then the- Did you enjoy the fucking, the kid goes out streaking and it's like, oh, well at least he's got underwear and then just the little pair of underwear floats in through the window. <laughs> I thought that was genuinely the most bizarre part of the film. Yeah. Yeah, like that part was like really weirdly off-putting to me. Our child's just running around the neighborhood completely nude and we let this happen. Like, gotta let him tucker himself out instead of, no, that is incredibly unsafe and terrifying. Get back inside the house, you maniac. Animal child. Yeah, like what is wrong with you? And how how can you as a parent like just think that that's okay? Like Her description made sense from like a fucking thoughtful perspective. Like I get that none of this makes sense, but the whole idea, it's like, yeah, sometimes when he can't use his uh, emotion words and he just, you know, he gets all pent up. He gets it all out by streaking. And it's like, that's a very understandable thing. It's like, uh, you know, fucking, yeah, he just, he gets so angry. And sometimes he just, he can't do anything but scream. This is just like the extreme version of that. Yeah. And that's fine within the confines of the home. But well, what, sure. what, first of all, he's not doing it in the confines of the home. He's presumably at least at a minimum running around the yard and at like a maximum running up and down the street. So if he's inside the house and he wants to just run through the hallways and between rooms and in his own room naked sure fine not a big deal you know he'll grow out of this eventually sure but what happens when this happens at like a grocery store oh i want the bubble gum no we're not getting you any bubble gum oh i want it well we have some at home it'll be fine i uh, ah, and he just starts stripping down and running around in the fucking (laughs) grocery store Like, I get how that's, like, a funny bit, potentially, but, like, any thought into this just makes it horrifying and crazy. Oh, sure. He's not even, like, young, young. He's, like, definitely in school age, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I've, I've done it again and derailed you, because we were talking about that fucking, you know, the satellite dish scene. No, 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 I was done with that. I guess I just wanted to ask you, because really, only the first two houses do this, where it's, like, Vince Vaughn Wild and... Reese slapstick Reese... comedy. Well, yeah, but also, like, the structure is Vince Vaughn and, and Reese Witherspoon get separated at some point and then each of them has like a horrifying slash learning experience to go through where they overcome some sort of difficulty 
empty and they learn something about themselves. And only the first two houses do this. It's the fourth house has them super separate where they actually go their separate ways. But in the third house, they're pretty much together the entire time. Before we step off it though, I did want to say that like for the wild slapstick comedy, I was kind of rolling my eyes at the fucking, you know, the TV getting launched through the house. And I was like, you know, that's that's probably like a fun thing to shoot. And like that, that it was fun or whatever. My slapstick reaction was when she like bounces the baby's head off the door. Like that got an actual reaction out of me. It is hard not to be like, have that like guffaw moment. Like, oh, when you see like a child getting hit in the head. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, I don't know if that's just fucking, you know, us as human creatures being like, oh, oh, the the baby but like yeah it's like haha tv flying around the house and then she whips around and bounces it off the door and i'm like oh d- jesus i i did like that in in like all they keep handing this woman babies this <laughs> this woman can't get through a, a two-hour span without someone handing her a child it is a little bit frustrating i think maybe not just for me maybe for a lot of people that like reese witherspoon's character is basically just oh no i never considered what my long-term boyfriend would look like holding a baby well i want to get pregnant pregnant now. I, I hate that that's the turnaround where it's like, you know, Vince Vaughn has the, uh, you know, it's Hollywood typical, but it still is the progression of like, no, I want to, want to I don't want to be tied down and, and I want to have this wild life. And well, I guess I'll get married. And Reese Witherspoon's character is just like maternal instincts go. It's nuts that at no point Vince Vaughn looks at Reese Witherspoon and sees her holding a baby and thinks, oh, there's something here for me too, as a man. Like it's a man can't have those feelings. A man has to be like, oh, I, I want to go and party and go to Fiji and scuba dive and all these things. You know, speaking of Fiji, I just want, I just want to say that I feel like I called that fucking heart. Like there wasn't a plane crash, but they were on their way to fucking Hawaii land. And then something horrible happened. Fortunately, there wasn't a horrible thing. It was just the fog. Oh, it was it was bad fog. I don't know why Vince Vaughn's character consistently just like terrorize people with sarcasm. Oh, you're gonna put me up at the Radisson? Oh, cool. Can I have McDonald's too? Chill, dude. It ain't like that. Yeah, that that was the most fucking Karen reaction I've seen. That was rough. Like it, it was really rough for me. And it's it's crazy that like that isn't seen as like a problem that needs to be fixed. Reese isn't like, hey, you need to stop doing that. That's awful. He keeps doing it throughout the film to various different characters and it's beyond me how that isn't like a character flaw that needs to be fixed by the end of the movie. There's a really good example of this where it is a character flaw that he needs to fix by the end of the movie in Role Models starring Paul Rudd. He has like a, a long-term girlfriend and you know they're trying to figure out what they're doing next in their relationship and they're having this conversation at like a Starbucks or something and he just blows up on this uh, barista for saying you know he goes I'll have a large and she's like oh you mean a venti. Oh I, I've seen that scene. It's like no yes. I, I want a large. I would like as a matter of fact all of these words like that that's the one that actually means large that's a really cool scene it's very well written but it is specifically within the context of the film shown and meant to be a character flaw of his that he needs to fix and that's like his plot over the film is that he needs to figure out how not to just be a hateful little cunt to people he doesn't even know so for Vince Vaughn's character there was one point where it's like I feel like the sarcasm is supposed to be like the humorous way to show his frustration at the situation and I think that's really all it's meant to be doing but there's a point at the third house it hit really close from me because I know I've felt that and like I don't often verbalize it or I haven't for a long time but where he's like no no attitude I just you know blah 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 this happened and you're doing this and and my mom's doing this and I am shutting down I am done yeah it's it's interesting that he's giving such a human naturalistic response that seems pretty mature and reasonable over something that's so trivial right Like the thing that he's shutting down about is my partner isn't very good at taboo. It is crazy to me that this this isn't like the first time this has ever been shown in a Hollywood movie. This is a pretty common thing where people will have big arguments over like a trivial game of Monopoly or something like that. And it's crazy that a lot of times it comes up where you just don't know how to play efficiently or effectively or well. It's nuts that there's never a point where somebody's like, hey, you're playing too efficiently. You're trying too hard to win. We're trying to have like a fun, expressive, interesting time with each other where we share... I have a fun way I could try to get my spouse or partner or whatever to say the word chili pepper. In my mind, that's the point of taboo is to try to like find like creative and interesting ways to get somebody to say a specific word. But like, I don't know, he feels emasculated by his brother. So he's like, I got to get at least seven points here. I don't know. It's weird to me that it only goes the one way. It seems like. Did I, uh, did I blink and miss like a resolution with fucking his mom and his high school best friend? Like did, did, did they resolve that at any point or is it just Vince Vaughn being 
like, no, you disgust me for fucking my mom. And, and then that was it. Like, it was just kind of a gag that we moved past. That whole house is filled with, like, setups that never get any resolution. The, it seems like that entire house, the only thing they cared about happening was that Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon have to fight and then have the split up after that. Yeah, I feel like there's a bunch of cut scenes here. Because, like... Is it the pot brownie? You about to bring that up? Yes, yes. That Well, I, yeah, yeah I, honestly, I got stuck on fucking... I, I said his name earlier, and now I don't remember his name. John, John Favreau, right? Yes, John Favreau, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's like, that was, that was the only thing that, like, that interaction had a start and an end, and everything else was just like, those are those are Grammy's special brownies, and hey, hey buddy, uh, your mother's a very sexual woman, don't say that or I'll fucking knock you out, and, and like, all of these things just, like, existed as gags, and then, like, we don't touch them again. I'm concerned this might be the turning point for us believing in the 90-minute rule. This movie was about five minutes short of 90 minutes, and it feels like it really could have benefited from another five minutes here or there. Yeah. In, in particular scenes or shots or, or things, you know, and, and the, like, tantric sex hippy-dippy mom house is the most clear example of this. They cut way too much content from that set of scenes. Well, it's in like, I, I feel like we just reallocated some of this stuff. Like, the fucking bounce house scene didn't need to be as long as it did, I don't think. Maybe it just felt longer than it did because we keep cutting back and forth to the fucking family photo album thing that we're doing. I do want to say the bounce house scene is my favorite scene in the movie. Is it? Yeah. I'm, I, so, uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to put this on you. But, no, no, that's fine. Like, I mean, it's, it, it's, it was a fun scene. It's Reese Witherspoon, who herself is effectively the size of like toddler size. Yeah. You know, she's like five foot two. She's not something. even two full people in a trench coat. It's like one and a half kids in a trench coat. Yeah. So she's just barely more physically imposing than these kids, but she is rocking them. And I just love seeing I it. did like that part. Like, that part was fun. I just think that, like, her getting beat on might have dragged out a bit much. Sure. This, speaking of shit that, like, did not get fucking touched on again, we've got, like, every woman in this family, in that same house, is like... Vince Vaughn, I want a piece of that dick. I, I think that was a payoff for the earlier line where she's like, oh, this is kind of a cougar's den. I think that's what they were trying to do. Oh, but okay. It feels like that's still part of the setup to me. Like, where's the actual payoff where he's like, well, I'm going to go uh, use the bathroom. And they're like, oh, don't use that bathroom. Use the upstairs one. And he's like, okay. And then he can't find the upstairs one. So he just uses that one. And it's like the sex bathroom. And one of the girls yeah. is in it. And she's like, or oh. Like, fucking, they could have, it would have been so easy to pay off if like while they're doing the family photo album thing they're really just bringing him food they're like hey would you like more fucking desserts and shit and he's like yes i love this and i love reading it. and and they could have just had like fucking the grandma fucking like feeling up vince vaughn and it would have paid off the joke yeah sure escalate it to like a, a big place instead of just like a medium place where it's like wow these women sure are kindly to vince vaughn more so than other characters that's interesting but they um, weren't like as overtly kind as the the setup made it think that they were gonna be really yeah, they yeah. were carrying you know maternal points in the family who were like, oh, and you're, you're Reese Witherspoon's boyfriend. Here, come look at the photo album so we can shit all over her life. One thing that I, I will say about that house specifically is, I, I don't know if it's just paying off the Cougar Den thing some more or, or, or what. They did not need to bring up the like Cootie Kate thing or the like Fat Camp thing or the lesbian... So, so I, I want to stop you right there on the lesbian thing because the point where it's like, um, no, no, that was just my friend Joe. Yeah, yeah, we, we used to come over and play suntan where like and she didn't want me to burn so she'd rub suntan a uh, uh, and it's like reese witherspoon were you were you molested by a fucking neighborhood friend? Yeah, so that 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 comes up and is a little bit weird. The part of this that's frustrating for me is that Reese gets mad at Vince Vaughn's character for not telling her about Orlando, which is clearly something that he feels very like self-conscious about and is it's a point of frustration that he had no control over. You know, you, you get born and your dad gives you a stupid name, that sucks. You fix it and you never tell anyone about it ever again. I don't know why she felt the need to like accost him over this. And then when he's like like, this is kind of a similar thing. Don't you think it's like appropriate for me to like learn about these things? And you know, it's kind of funny how earlier in the day, how can she not see that this is a, kind of the exact same thing? I, I get how Reese Witherspoon's character got dicked on in this house with three or four different things that are traumatizing to her where Vince Vaughn's character got like, uh, my brothers are a little too rough with me and my real name is Orlando. And I guess it's like kind of embarrassing to have bought way too expensive a gifts for their family members. I guess that's another embarrassing thing from the first time. House. I mean, but yeah. 
But like the the stuff that Kate has to go through in the second house is just a lot more, I would argue. I think it's more like developmentally a problem and shit like that, where it's like, I guess if you dig a little bit more into that interaction at, at you know, Vince Vaughn's dad's house, he's probably spent a lot of effort trying to be good enough for his family or something like that. It's like, yeah, I wasn't as physically capable. I was the emotional one. And But look, now I'm a big rich city lawyer and, and now I'm, I'm a provider. And they're like, oh, look at Mr. Vince Vaughn, big rich lawyer, man. Go fuck yourself. That's probably shitty. I think they're equally not great. And I think it's just weird that it seems like Reese Witherspoon didn't really get that they were sharing a moment where we hid certain aspects of our past because they were traumatizing and not fun. Isn't this kind of cool? we can kind of joke about it now right and when reese confronted him about it it wasn't like oh we should be able to joke about this and like have like a fun connection about it she was just like i can't believe you're a liar you liar you lie about things okay reese chill it ain't like that people only ever tell you anything once they're comfortable telling you it that's all of human interaction is am i comfortable telling this person and then you do or don't tell them i feel like his argument there about like i've changed my name i don't know i don't know why i would tell you this like i don't see why it's relevant to our situation like that's these are all very valid fucking points you know if i change my name from asshole to bob i wouldn't say like hey i used to be asshole like i think that's a fucking valid point yeah i understand the like the aspect of this that's like we've been together for three years you could have casually brought up that your dad's a shitty child namer i just don't see how that changes anything so no well, it's especially not. like i don't know if it was as big of a thing back then but like considering we're in a fucking culture where dead naming is like one of the worst things you can do to somebody yeah i, I think it's why that this is what's going on here. I'm going to go ahead and say that there's no way that Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon, the director or the writer or anybody was thinking about dead naming as a thing. In 2008? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, whether it existed or it didn't is like uh, up in the air, but I can say with some degree of certainty that they definitely weren't, like that was not a consideration they were having. But it is interesting that like looking at it from the context of today where we can say like, this is almost pretty nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we accidentally stumble into moments like that a lot of the time where it's like, this is almost pretty cool. <laughs> you know, uh, if you think about it in this really convoluted way that fucking ABC would have never thought of. Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit frustrated how the last house was basically just, yep, and we're having a, a good time. Good good old time. I have my, uh, my ex-wife over and she brings her pastor guy that she's obsessed with and we just spend time with the kids and it's nice. Did they just you run know, out of gas? <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of what I, I feel like Reese Witherspoon's character did not have, like, the fucking development that Vince Vaughn's did. Because it's like, yeah, we, we get to this last house and it's basically like, hey, all this lying you've been doing with your family, that sure sucks. Family's great. And, like, Vince Vaughn's actually fucking dealing with his, uh, how his dad has, like, ruined relationships for him because he was shitty to his mom. Yeah. It does feel like there's a lot more room for growth on Vince Vaughn's behalf. And Reese Witherspoon's character kind of just changes in that she's willing to have a kid. And Vince Vaughn's character actually has to deal with the reckoning of, like, the lies and the deceptions that his father has, like, placed upon him from childhood. And Reese doesn't really get that. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, you know, her her whole thing is like, uh, no, don't let your brothers pick on you. And it's like, that is the least of the problems that have occurred in this household. Yes, I, I recognize that physical abuse is pretty bad. The thing that we're going to end up having to reckon with is telling your kids like women are whores and charlatans because they don't want to be with me and you should think about this what <laughs> yeah jesus his dad's basically an incel now <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> again through the lens of 2022 what the fuck at the end of the movie they get together and he's like come on inside and let's have a drink together i'll show you the uh the 4chan account that i used to ship post <laughs> Oh my god. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they have this thing called the internet, and you can call anybody anything you want, and they can't do anything about it. See, look, you can just type in right here, NIT! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when he leaves. <laughs> To go back and catch Reese Witherspoon. He's like, this is what I will become. Uh, ever ever since I left your wife, I've had I've had time to like really discover my passions, like moderating subreddits. <laughs> <laughs> I do hate the point kind of at the end when they're having that like the conversation that's gonna make them split up or whatever. They recognize that Reese Witherspoon is changing the rules of the relationship, and this is jarring and difficult for Vince Vaughn. But it doesn't seem like they're willing to say, oh, okay, and I'll give you like a couple weeks to come to terms with this, and we can 
talk about it next month or whatever, once you've had more time to stew in this. No, you have to figure this out right this second. Yeah, it was it was some weird juxtaposition there because like on one hand, they're having a very mature and like reasonable conversation. Like I think I've talked with you about how, uh, you know, me and my girlfriend, like I don't want to have kids. And she's like, well, we're going to reach a point where I want to have kids and uh, you're going to have to make a decision at that point. Like we've had that conversation, but it's always been like, hey, this is something you need to start considering. And so they have this same conversation, but also on a time frame of like, you need to decide before I get out of this car. It seems like the drive from one house to the other isn't that long. So how, how long could the drive have possibly been? An hour? Right. So- how, how are you mature enough to vocalize? Like, I guess complicated isn't the right word here. I don't I don't know what the right word here is, but you know, a very, a very mature theme to be talking about. Like, how, how are you fucking mature enough to verbalize this, but not enough to realize that like, and maybe we can reconvene in a month and like, you can tell me how you feel about it and then we can decide what to do from there. And I'm not saying a month has to be the amount of time. It could even have been a day or three days or you know, any hours, like yeah. fucking basically any, anything besides right now. Yeah, god damn. There's no reason for us to go into this house and pretend that we're something we're not. What do you mean? What the fuck does that even mean? Pretend we're something we're not. Like, now we, that- We are in a relationship. We've been in a relationship this whole time. If if the relationship changes or ends right now, that doesn't negate what you guys have had. The subtext here is that she's saying, we're breaking up over this, and that's why you can't come in and spend the, the Christmas with the second half of my family, basically, or the, the entirety of her family, actually, because they're all there and they're all having, like, a nice time. But she doesn't want to say it, I guess. I don't know. It was just super weird and strange to me. I I don't know exactly what to call that. Yeah, I don't know if this is a product of the time because I feel like around this time in TV and movies, there was the whole like, so so what even are we? And it's like, I I feel like nowadays, you you know, you can pretty much, you can tell through context clues or, you know, shit, even nowadays, you'll probably just verbally say it like, so so we're dating now, right? We we are a monogamous couple. Yes. All right. Sign here. Initial here. And we're good to go. And I feel like this is just a product of the time where people would say that shit where it's like so like is this a thing is this uh are we going steady is this a situation that we're getting into and it's like you use the entirety of the english language at your disposal please they don't get married in this movie right they, no yeah they just, they just have a kid there's no marriage like right. which is kind of progressive for the time i imagine right like they're having a kid out of wedlock well so that's the thing is it progressive or because of the time it's just assumed that they got married like they had a kid they must have gotten married because they don't verbally say it's like well we had the kid how about that marriage we all so talked about yeah there's no it doesn't seem to be any certainly not a verbal indicator maybe if we went back and like looked at the last few scenes with a fine-tooth comb we might be able to see a ring on someone's finger but like the fact that they're not willing to say it or have a scene where he gets down on one knee or anything like that is pretty interesting and i don't know if it's because you know the world was just changing and it was okay to do that or if this is kind of a weird standout thing and they're being very courageous here. I don't know. That is probably worth noting that they chose not to do that, but they also didn't want to have a scene where Reese Witherspoon breaks up over something, but she basically breaks up with him. I feel like they went through some troubles as a couple that would have warranted more of a, hey, we need to fix this or we need to break up. You know, her panic attack on stage at the church and she's like, you know, I was just kind of hoping that in in times of trauma, you'd be there for me. Like, that's more of a reason to fucking break up with somebody then like i want a baby now i'm gonna put a gun to your head and you gotta answer me not only did she go through the traumatic situation with the jump house that vince vaughn knew that she didn't like the jump house and he saw her in it and just waved that's fucked up but also the i have stage fright please don't put me on stage and then vince vaughn making it all about himself did he purposefully take the swaddling blanket by the way was that a purposeful choice or did it just happen on accident Ooh. Because there's no, as far as I remember, there was no scene indicating that he was like, I'm just going to take this really quick. and uh, Yeah, I think it was just accidental, but like the way he played it off is like... I, I guess it's hard to say. I, I don't think it was intentional to begin with, but he basically you know, he could have just like, handed it to her. Yeah, he basically is like, yeah, uh, you're a good for nothing woman, and I'll do this for you because you're so bad at it. And it's like, yeah, was it was that as shitty as like I felt that it was? Where it's yes, like, apparently yes. my wife is only good at making the babies. Stupid 
horror fucking like what was that all about it turns out the only thing worse than vince vaughn's acting is vince vaughn acting like he doesn't know how to act beautiful because that was harrowing and i mean admittedly he did a good job of not seeming like a good actor or improviser or whatever he upstages her at one point he crosses her field of vision with the audience like he's upstaging her both in that he crosses the audience's view of her by getting right in front of her and also by moving closer to the audience than she she can move to the audience. Are, th- are these the technical terms for upstaging? Because I always thought upstaging was just like, you know, the generic term for fucking, I guess the generic term for what it is you're describing in a very specific sense. You break down the word would be exactly what you're saying, right? Yeah. Upstaging as it's used in modern parlance just means you're making this about you and not about what it's supposed to be about. But upstaging as it's used in like stagecraft, it means that you're moving your body further closer to the audience than the person who you're interacting with in the scene so you're upstaging them you're moving up the stage from them so your character looks bigger your character looks closer to the audience it's easier to see you than it is to see them so now they have to move upstage with you in order to be on equal plane. like typically when you're on stage you kind of want to be on around the same closeness to the audience unless it's a deliberate choice to have the blocking in such a way where he's going to be a few feet back you're going to be a few feet forward and there's got to be a reason for that it's a creative choice you know right like in in film you know you want the action to be in the center of the screen so your eyes drawn to it i imagine that's a similar thing yeah yeah so the issue is in film you can say oh hey this person person standing a little askew let's reshoot the scene and only use the one where they're not standing askew in live theater it's just what you do so upstaging is really offensive and something you need to be keeping an eye out for because it would be easy for someone who's not thinking about these things to just say yep and then i moved two feet closer to the audience because i thought i should be closer to the audience and it's like no it it makes it look like your character is more important more bigger more like close to the audience and that makes my character look weird and and further away and not like they're important gotcha. um, well i've learned something today and it's there's a lot of different reasons and things to be cons- considered for that and i'm probably not even doing a wonderful job of this i've only barely been theatrically trained a couple of years in high school i don't really think counts but yeah that's what happened there and it was it's an incredibly shitty thing to do in a live stage performance to like move your blocking in such a way that you're completely covering somebody else's like silhouette entirely so that the audience can't see them and specifically to move your body closer to the front of the stage but hey is there anything that you want to bring up before we go ahead and call it close to this just a couple of things uh fucking i love the fact there's something about the megalomania that fucking vince vaughn goes through as soon as they're like no no i ain't going up there i don't want to do that shit and they're like no you have to do it and he's like well okay and then they go to get on stage and he says i'm gonna blow the roof off this bitch (laughs) (laughs) that was beautiful yeah just seeing where he started and where he ended on that yeah yeah that's that's pretty yeah that that shit was lovely um i will say we've mentioned this a couple times in previous uh, episodes and shit like that, we never make a prediction about whether they're going to say the name of the movie. And they said it. They, they said, did. we're going to four Christmases. We do We do sort of neglect to do that. But I just, when it happened, I was like, they did it. That, that, that thing. Yeah. Actually, I, while we're talking about it, sure. Um, let's say your high school best friend mm-hmm. uh, fucking married your mother. Yes. How would you react to that? Thank fucking God. Somebody's got to marry that bitch. Oh, God, you know, I guess that, <laughs> that is right, right? We're in a progressive time, right? Like, I, I don't believe that anybody should have to live their whole life alone even if that means that the only people who are willing to spend time with you and be around you are people who don't fulfill you sexually or aren't interested in you romantically or whatever you should be able to have people around you who like want to spend every day with you everybody should be able to find that if it just so happens that they also want to have sex with you or also want to be with you romantically or all three things that's magical if that happens for you that's amazing that's so cool but having any one of these three things is wonderful amazing and should be applauded even if it's a situation where it's like well damn that person's 20 years younger than you you met when you were both like grown adults and looking for this kind of a thing and maybe really what vince vaughn learned here is that his best friend was kind of into older women and that's okay yeah yeah i guess that's true i guess they had to play it up because i don't know i can imagine somebody being upset about the situation in general but the um 
it, it's the little things where it's like when he runs up and it like he shows up and it's like oh he's he's he looks like he's younger than than her and it's like yep hello blah 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 and he comes up and he does a thing where he like slaps Vince Vaughn's legs and is like how you doing big guy I think that's the weird part of it I don't want to be your dad but I do want to be your friend all, yeah. all those lines yeah the, the yeah all of, that's the weird part because it was just like hey man look I you know me being your mother fucking we're kind of on the same page we're just you know this really does it for us and uh yeah uh, how about that like if it was just that it probably wouldn't have been as weird except he was totally doing the bro stepdad shit and that's what made it weird i think yeah uh, a lot of this movie doesn't seem to understand that you can say like the problem isn't that cootie kate existed it's that you chose to bring it up pretty much unprovoked nobody like cornered you and said hey i heard about some nickname that my my girlfriend had uh when she was a kid and it really upset her but she won't tell me what the nickname is you tell me now you you like she, you're not cornered here you can just say oh it's nothing i'm not gonna right. uh, and, and the same thing applies here where it's like the problem isn't that you're with my mom the problem is that you keep telling me about the syrup and the wax and the all these little details I don't need and you're kind of trying to play the role of stepdad when you can just play the role of my friend we don't even acknowledge the fact that you're banging my mom we can just be friends who are cool and yeah, chill uh, yeah you, my, my friend is over for Christmas instead of my friends banging my mom and it's Christmas and trying to be my stepdad you know yeah my, yeah I get god I keep going, going back to that and it's just like that's the weird part that's the part that fucking gets it for me definitely super weird the one thing that stood out to me for this film as like i guess frustrating or annoying i guess vince vaughn screams so much in this movie yeah it was like it was at one point it's like is somebody else screaming like why is why is this scene so loud there is a lot of vince vaughn style comedy that's just the louder i am the funnier i am and holy fuck it does not agree (laughs) it is not a formula for a winning comedic bit like fucking when uh reese witherspoon gets fucking yacked on by the baby and it's like okay, you know, there's going to be the funny sympathy vomit from Vince Vaughn. You know, even that scene is like, hey, I love you, uh, but you need to get out of here. I'm going to throw up too. And then he starts screaming about it. And it's like, you don't, you leave, yeah. get out. How are you like dry heaving right now? And you still have the lung capacity to be like yelling at the top of your lungs about it. Yeah. And then for that to be the like gag that they end gag haha the, uh, to, for that to be the joke that they end the movie on is beyond me like why this isn't even a funny bit could you have picked something better i i liked the joke where they're like and this news crew is fucking out to get us that's funny to me yes yeah i did like that i think if that was punctuated at the end by like their cell phones blowing up that would have been especially funny yeah and just ending on oh now our family's trying to get together again and it kind of sets up for a sequel too well i thought that that's what they were going for like i thought that was going to be the punctuation to the end because they're like, hey, and we're letting uh, families into the delivery room now. And they're like, oh, we don't need to do that. And then the news crew shows up and fucks that up. And I mean, God, that would have been fun. Yeah, I just don't think that the sympathy vomiting is the good joke to end the film on. The good joke was the news crew should have just ended on that. But we'll, we'll just go ahead and call it here. Another one in the bag for the See For Yourself crew. I really do kind of want to do a couple more uh, Christmas movies. I know that we're definitely way out of line continuing doing Christmas stuff even one day after the 25th. But a lot of the stuff in these is just wild to me. So I'm, I'm interested to see if maybe we can find a few more here or there to just jam in every now and again. I don't know. Might be good for some of the people that don't want to do horror movies all the time. And anyways, let's just let's just call it here and let's let's you know move on to the next one. Yep. Yep. Bread, bread, go bread, bread, ahoy. Yes. Bread, <laughs> yeast and, and what have you. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely hated the music for this episode. Just wanted to throw that out there.